Welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I'm sharing a recent interview I conducted with filmmaker Edward Berger, the co-writer and director of the new war film, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes, the classic war novel that recounts one German soldier's struggles on the front lines is getting a new adaptation. But this version of All Quiet on the Western Front is very different than the Oscar-winning film from 1930 and various other adaptations over the years. How? Well, this is the first time in the near century after the novel's release that a German filmmaker is actually telling the story. For those unfamiliar with the novel or the previous adaptations, All Quiet on the Western Front tells the story of Paul, a teenage German soldier who joins the army, only see himself get sent to the front lines and see the horrors of war firsthand. Over the course of the remaining days of World War I, we watch Paul change as a result of his experiences and the bloodshed that he witnesses. Berger is probably best known for his 2014 film Jack, as well as his recent work on drama series such as Patrick Melrose and The Terror. In our discussion, we talk about the importance of a German filmmaker telling this story, as well as why All Quiet on the Western Front is a film that feels sadly relevant in 2022. We also discuss the acting and the music, as well as some of his filmmaking inspirations. But before I get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, with that all out of the way, here's my interview with Edward Berger, the filmmaker behind All Quiet on the Western Front, which is set to arrive on Netflix globally on October 28th. Enjoy. Okay, so I want to start with uh, a fact that's pretty shocking to me. This is the first German film adaptation of this story ever, uh, and it's been 100 years in the making. So why, uh, why do you think it took so long for that to happen? And also, did you feel any added pressure uh, being the first? Completely. I think, I mean, I felt so much pressure. But it sort of when Malte Gruner, the producer, called me and pitched this idea to me, it almost felt like, why didn't I think of this before? It was lying there waiting to be mined. And the big reason is obviously opportunity. Um, um, you know, those type of budgets, uh, the film is much cheaper than you would think, but it's still expensive for a German language movie. And usually you get that type of financing for a British or American film. And so but we just felt like this is an ultimate, it's a German novel. And so we needed to make it in German. So that just adds some complications, you know, just, just on a practical level, but also um, it just felt like to me, it just felt like the right time uh, because at the time when we were starting it, there was a lot of rising nationalism and, and, um, and uh, patriotism uh, that felt unhealthy to me uh, in, I don't know, you had Trump in the States and Brexit and Orban in Hungary and right-wing neo-fascist parties being voted into parliament all over Europe. And suddenly all these populists, populists started questioning institutions like the European Union that brought us peace for 70 years. And it just felt like a time, the right time to speak about this, you know, and thinking back a hundred years and and how it was then, and where it, that kind of discourse led to led to um, um, led to back then, you know. And so I think it was it's it's all that it's opportunity, but it's also why are we making this and why are we making it now. And it just felt important to make this film, you know, to have this film made by a German filmmaker, I guess, because 
it's unfortunately sort of an area of expertise of of how how I grew up, yeah, and, and uh, with a sense of uh, responsibility towards history, a sense of shame and guilt about what happened, and terror and horror about it, and to to put all that feeling into a movie felt like an important thing to do for me at least yeah and as an american viewer we're often shown like overly patriotic war films it's Mm -hmm. kind of the thing if you know you've got the heroes and you got the bad guys this is definitely not that type of film so uh the book has been you know known as an anti-war novel for you know 100 years now and you do uh you do stick with that but you also you show things you contrast how the generals are living versus how the the troops are living but were you ever concerned about putting too much of a political message into this film no because i think ultimately it's a it's a story of um you know i don't want to be whenever you're messagey like i switch off you know i i watch movies and someone tries to preach to me i go like oh come on and i walk out so i'm trying to steer away from it and uh, hopefully i i i don't do it yeah um and um for me it's just a story about this boy and that hopefully the audience goes through the movie with and experiences the horror with and uh, feels the loss of emotion and the loss of innocence with this person and feels, I mean, ideally, I thought there's a, there's a shot in the end where Paul is set, sent into battle and his face is probably aged 20 years and he's just dead inside. You know, he's alive, but he's just dead inside. And ideally, my goal was to make the audience feel that, you know, feel that just dead and overwhelmed and thinking uh you know just getting that feeling of desperation and but not in a and then whatever conclusion you want to take out of that you have to do on your own you know if i if i do that for you then that's the uh, recipe for disaster i would say yeah yeah and and trust me you succeed with the uh the feeling doom Uh, (laughs) it's it's, uh it's a movie where you you go right along with uh paul the whole time but um you do make some pretty pretty big changes to the plot of the novel uh when i'm not going to spoil anything but i'm curious when you're taking liberties with a novel that's deemed a classic and it's like we've been saying it's over 100 years old did you have any hesitancy to making uh any changes or were you just thinking about what's best for the film Completely. There's a there's a there's a sense of responsibility again to honor that novel because it's such a big piece of work. It's I think it's the biggest German bestseller ever, 40, 50 million copies or something like that. Um so there's a there's a massive sense of 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 responsibility towards it. But um uh, uh it also feels it's a new interpretation, just like other people put on you know the hundredth uh, time that uh, uh, Hamlet is on stage or something. So it's a new interpretation. It's a German interpretation, and we're ninety years after the book was published. So we have a when Remark wrote the book, um, he didn't have the perspective that the Second World War was about to happen. He wrote it under the impression of the First World War that just happened, and we now have the perspective that we know what came afterwards. So I wanted, I included one big element in the film that's not in the book that sort of shines a light into the future and that tells us of what is yet to come without, you know, being overly overt or messagey or, or um, to, you know, just hints at it. 
but we feel okay this is just I, it was supposed to mean what that was supposed to put into the film is that yeah this was just the beginning of a much bigger horror that uh everything led to so yeah and and i think uh talking more about the horror there's no way that you can deny that this is a brutal movie uh you do uh you don't hold back any of the the battle scenes or the war the the terror that these soldiers are facing and i think uh for a lot of i guess uh younger people under 40 their frame of reference for that type of a war movie is saving private ryan mm-hmm. um and that opening scene and i think you nice reference I- i'm sorry that's a good reference. Yeah, yeah. And I think you have scenes that like match or even exceed that in in some aspects. So uh, when you're crafting those battle scenes, because you have quite a few, did you have any other specific inspirations or were you just concerned about uh, or were you even concerned about going too far with the violence? First of all, it felt like this is a, a seminal anti-war novel. And when you read it, it's brutal. It's really, it, it, it is, I, I reread it just before writing it again. Um, it's just, I was surprised at the level of brutality and the modernity of the language. It felt like it was written yesterday and he didn't hold back at all. And it feels if you make a movie about this subject matter, it's got to be brutal. Otherwise it's a lie. And I'm sure we're not as brutal as real war. I'm I'm sure right. that's even more gruesome. So we try to stay as, be as realistic as possible without driving everybody away. But if you make a warm movie of, this type it feels it's got to be at least trying to be as as realistic as possible otherwise it's propaganda uh and we definitely didn't want to make that so uh and when crafting the war scenes uh there wasn't really any frame of reference in terms of um uh you know other movies like saving private ryan obviously that's a wonderful it's it's a great great film that that i've watched many times uh, years ago also but um it didn't feel like we want didn't want to do anything like that uh in our film we always uh, what what dictated where we put the camera was always that we wanted you the audience to feel what paul is feeling at any given moment so the camera if it's here uh or here it just evokes something very different in in what you feel and so we try to Whatever he felt in his stomach, that sort of dictated where the camera was. And even if he wasn't in the frame because he was sort of lost in the in in the melee uh, and felt lost. So so that's that's our main frame of reference. Or I could tell you if I come up with this now. Yeah, but I'm 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 not even sure I I I I thought about this consciously consciously while storyboarding the film. We storyboarded it meticulously. But I would say there are three filmmakers of films that could, that I adore very much. I don't know if they are um, uh, a really a frame of reference for this film, but I'm sure their influence is somewhere in this film. So the first one is uh, Son of Saul, uh, just because of its uh, um, radicality and of, of perspective, that it just stuck with the main guy and the camera only here. And so a lot of that is in our film without using the same camera means. I wanted you to feel exactly the same thing. And the other filmmaker, I would say Steve McQueen, Mm -hmm. just because of his analytical, merciless precision. uh, And it feels like he 
makes a shot of hands and I feel queasy, you know, uh, and somehow he has this razor sharp eye uh, that makes me, that makes me feel the wall close in, you know, and, and so the walls close in and, the, and, and, you know, he's probably an influence. And then a, a seminal movie that I never forget and I could watch forever, but just because it doesn't really try to tell me a story, a simple story, but it tries to capture the essence of war is uh, Apocalypse Now. Mm. So maybe those three films somehow, you know, found their way <laughs> into right. into whatever we were thinking. So uh, we've we've talked about Paul quite a bit, and and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Felix's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what shocked me is I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, this guy is turning in an all time great war performance. But he hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff, huh? So uh, I'm curious how he got involved in this, how you found him. And then were you ever concerned about centering your entire movie in this, in, like you're saying, your entire point of view around such a young, uh, relatively unknown actor? Uh, so Felix, Felix's picture photograph was shown to me, was the first picture I saw for this role. Uh, the wife of the producer uh, works in the theater in Vienna, the book theater in Vienna, which is the eminent theater in Europe. And Felix is part of that ensemble in that theater. He has small roles. He's really a bit underused there. And he's never been in front of a camera. He's straight out of acting school, basically. And she said, look at this kid, he's great. And so we flew him in. He was in the first audition and he was wonderful. But obviously you don't want to take, and obviously, you know, it was just the first audition, but he, he really thought, okay, he piques our interest. But we also wanted to, you know, look at everyone and see who's the best. You know, you're not going to take the first person. So we looked at 500 kids, maybe. And we kept inviting back the the ones that we really wanted to focus on. And Felix was one of them and was definitely on the very top. And he's also a dancer. Or he, he knows how to dance really well. So he's, he has elegant, light movements. And I thought, all right, next time to maybe ground him a bit more to put him closer to earth to make him a soldier let's put a uniform and some boots on him to see how that influences and you know how it is you put sneakers on you walk differently from dress shoes or hiking boots you know and that really put him on the earth you know it was really interesting it was immediately heavier and i saw for the and also the uniform fit him really well you know he has an old-fashioned face some of us felt real that he was wearing this so immediately he that was a great image and then we invited him back, I think, two or three more times. He was there probably four, four times, four or five times total. And just over each audition, I really believe in the process of casting. You know, when you you want to, you you want to, to directing, a lot of directing is casting, you know, that you really pick the right people. And Felix just ended up being the right person. So from the moment that we said yes to him, we really tested him enough to be so convinced. And the moment that we called him and said, do you want to play this part? I knew there was no risk. You know, this was, this is, this is the guy. And then it was really interesting. The first days on, in the rehearsals, you know, you know, theater acting is very different. You don't notice the camera, you move around. It doesn't. And, but he was so sharp and so eager to learn that you could tell him only once, like, look, I'm here with the camera. I had my iPhone basically filming these rehearsals. So just imagine I'm the camera. And if you step here, then you step in front of it, you block everything, you know, like people don't think about this when they, when they start out and he immediately went, Oh, oh yeah, I got it. And then 
on day one on the set, it was like a he he danced with the camera. He knew where it was. He knew how to deal with it. He knew how to, when to turn away, when to give the camera something else to. So it was just he's a. Um, there was no risk because it was him. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, another thing that I think was. Uh, immediately noticeable when watching this movie was the music and the mm -hmm. score uh i i feel that it's pretty unique especially for a, a war film you're mixing these full orchestral moments with you know these simple percussion and, and other more minimalist features so uh can you explain how that music came together and why you chose uh to intersperse different styles so Folka and i had worked together maybe three four times before and so I, I know him and there's a shorthand of, of what I can tell him. And I I told him, uh, number one, I would love music that we've never heard before that feels different from any other movie because I notice when I watch a movie and I, you know, the music sort of lifts it into a different sphere if it works well and you think, and you immediately go, oh, this is a new experience and it gives me a new feeling. And I wanted to try to find something like that. And the second one is, the second point is I wanted him to destroy the images, not sort of beautify them or glorify them or make heroes out of, of that story, but sort of destroy it and tear it down into the mud and, 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 and go against them. So therefore, you know, create some kind of modern sound also. And the third is to find a tone or find a sequence of tones that, that feels like Paul's gut again, that puts us into Paul's stomach and makes us feel what he feels. Fear, anger, revenge, bloodthirstiness, you know, running away, whatever he was feeling, I wanted, we wanted to put into the music. And, and that was basically it. That was the concept. And then Volker uh, sent me those three tones. And it's very interesting. They sound quite modern and sound like they go against the image but it's actually an old instrument it's a harmonium it's 100 years old he inherited it from his grandmother and he refurbished it and now it's in his studio and uh it's it's basically a piano and he played exactly three tones do 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 now and and underneath the those sounds you hear sort of a, a pumping uh and it's the mechanics of this instrument as he pumps air into the instrument with his foot. That's how the harmonium works. And then he just put everything through a Marshall amp distortion uh, thing. And then that's what it sounds so, you know, odd and weird. And, but it's actually, it's, I, I like the fact that it's an old instrument that sounds modern. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wild. So, uh, We've we've talked about this a little bit, but there have been other attempts to make All Quiet on the Western Front as a film. First in 1930, right after the uh, the book was written, and that movie went on to win the Best Picture Oscar, uh, and it's considered one of the the best war films of all time. So when you set out to make your version, it's the first German version, and it's also on the heels of of a film that's already kind of reached the peak of films. Were you ever intimidated by by knowing the the history of it in film? Yeah, in hindsight, I'm I'm I was a complete idiot. Uh, so so that you kind that you that you just ignore the fact that it's basically on every filmmaker's top ten list, and to then you know take it on again uh, is a bit uh, stupid. Yeah, but it's just the urge of 
uh, knowing that this book was living with me for since I'm a kid and and what you know what our heritage is it just felt you know what our what what we yeah what we inherited from history it's film to make and it felt it felt it felt like uh you know it felt like inevitable undeniable and it felt like the right time to make it from a german perspective to share you know with other countries uh that perspective and that's definitely singular in the world and something that we we can talk about and it felt like we were the in the right spot or the lucky people to be in the in that spot to talk about that at this time but i was definitely intimidated by it of course but then you also push it aside and i really really didn't think about the old movie anymore and i just thought about the book and how i could honor that well it seems to be working out for you because you've already been picked by germany for their official entry into uh the oscar race um so the the film's coming out and you already have that sort of uh nod so how does it feel to be selected and and do you think it's uh what do you think about already receiving sort of that great recognition from germany well it's wonderful for one reason that the film gets wide wide wider recognition it immediately gets a push of course because people say oh okay it's been selected by that country let's pay a little bit of attention to it uh, but there's also it does, in the end it doesn't mean that much yet because there's a hundred countries I think who all <laughs> submit great films and in the end there's just a few that are left over and uh, so it's a long road and but for me it's a, it's good that that people people get to watch it and that's the main thing uh, and that's the wonderful thing about this recognition and and before I let you go talking about that it, it does help that it's on Netflix too right like you can't get much more. Uh, recognition than than being seen around the world. So, what do you feel about your film getting seen by by a worldwide audience so quickly, or have access to it so quickly? Well, it's not out yet, right. but uh, when it comes out, I mean that was part of the reason why we made this film with Netflix, also because from the beginning they were first of all creatively very supportive, uh, and they were just always behind the movie and they were after the movie. They really wanted this film and they didn't give up. And that, you know, to feel that level of persistence and interest is intriguing and is kind of undeniable in the end. Then you say, when you decide, okay, who we're going to make this film with, who's going to be the best for this film. And a big, big element was also that we felt, you know, Netflix has put great films out like, uh, Roma, like Irishman, like Marriage Story, like The King. Uh, there's so many great films that were made that I respond to and that also were recognized by, you know, audiences around the world and that seemed to be working out for those filmmakers. It felt a bit snobbish for us to say it's not going to be the right thing for this film, you know? So, so I think it's just a... Um, and And I'm very thrilled by the fact that within a day, it's just available worldwide and now I have a wonderful theatrical release here where people can get to choose where to watch it. And uh, I mean, I think there couldn't be a better place for it. Also, language is another factor. We're a German movie and um, and Netflix has proven that they can bring international films to a, an audience in a better way than other people can, that people have learned to overcome the the foreign language barrier with Netflix. So it's another reason. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I gotta, I gotta let you go. But thank you for for joining me and talking about this film. Uh, it really is great, and and uh, unlike a lot of war films that I've seen recently. So congratulations. Thank you so much. That's very kind. Uh,